Warren Buffett said it best. He said, you know, you're not going to be able to change what happens in the world, but the only thing that's going to be stuck with you for the rest of your life is you. Oh, powerful. And your education. And your education, your skill set is going to be the thing that either going to help you avoid landmines or look for gold mines. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world. You're now one simple tip, practical tool, and small step away from growing your business. One Next Step is brought to you by Belay, the incredible 100% remote organization revolutionizing productivity with virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media managers. Accomplish more, juggle less. Modern staffing from Belay. And now to your hosts. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Ryan. In this episode, we are excited to have Belay CEO Trisha Shortino and our CFO, Lisa Zeveld, sit down with the one and only Damon John. They are talking about how to effectively set meaningful goals and track progress in your business. Damon is the founder and CEO of the fashion line FUBU. He's the CEO of the Shark Group, a TV personality, and an investor on ABC Network's Shark Tank. He is a New York Times bestselling author with titles like The Power of Broke, Rise and Grind, and Power Shift. Clearly, there's a lot we can learn from Damon about his approach for setting business goals and tracking your business's performance. But before we dive into their conversation, I'd love to take a moment to tell you about Belay. With modern staffing from Belay, businesses and leaders can focus on growth without the unnecessary overhead or learning curves associated with hiring and onboarding full-time employees. Belay is the incredible 100% remote organization revolutionizing productivity with our virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media managers. Accomplish more, juggle less, and get back to what only you can do, growing your business with modern staffing from Belay. Let's jump into today's conversation. You are really one of the most respected voices in business. You can speak from the experience as an entrepreneur, a CEO, a leader, a consultant, an author, an investor. You have so many different experiences to glean from. So we want to kind of take some of that failure, (laughs) success. We really want to take some of that and bring it to our small business community. We really want to learn, specifically talk a little bit today about monitoring and measuring progress within an organization. Mm -hmm. So goals and milestones as an organization. And I'd love to know from you where you've seen kind of small businesses get this wrong. What are some common mistakes that small business owners are making when they attempt or fail to measure or not measure progress and results and have goals throughout a business year? You know, it's challenging to give that answer because every business is like a person that has its own identity, it has its own culture, its own beliefs. Um, And there are many businesses that the reward is the change in the community, the challenging of themselves, the inspiration. Mm -hmm. And and a lot are, you know, um, the financial gains. Um, But no matter what, at the end of the day, you have to have financial gains to keep the business going, regardless. Right. I think a lot of times people have uh, over-focused on profits. Now, don't get me wrong. You mm. you have to keep the lights on, and there's only two ways of doing business: you know, increase sales or reduce costs. Uh, yeah. But they've over-focused on profits, and I'm only going to say that because I have learned these things the hard way when I have only focused on profit, and I did I measured success by that mm. instead of measuring success by have I been pivoting? Have I been getting a new customer? Um, have I been adding more SKUs to my to my line so that I wasn't only hitting 
young men who wanted baggy jeans. I was also knowing that women shop 10 times over every time a man shops. And yeah, they we do. Wanted to, <laughs> yeah, of course, absolutely. And, and, and that they wanted to be able to touch the brand or mm-hmm. maybe I was selling to the mid-tier and the people who were more class for the mass did not have enough money to buy the brand, but did I have something available for them? And even though I may right. not have been making a lot of profit, was I expanding the brand? Um, so a lot of times, that's where I see it. People are so uh, profit focused and they're not thinking about the other qualities of their brand and or product or services that they're expanding. Mm, that's good stuff. I like that. Um, we've talked a little bit, you know, you were giving us some hints on where we are missing the mark sometimes as young business leaders, new startups and things like that. You also talk a lot about goals and setting the right goals. So any tips you can give us about setting goals that are ambitious, but yet at the same time attainable? Yes. Yeah, so you know, talk to your team and sometimes the team is just yourself or maybe it's your significant other because we know out of the, out of the, I think the 30 million uh, small businesses in the country, 21 or 22 million of them are mom and uh, are single, single proprietor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, operations, the plumber, the personal assistant, the hairdresser, whatever the case is. But, um, you know, what are the goals and what's your why, first of all, of the goals? What What is the reason why you want to accomplish these certain goals? Because you may be again, very profit-driven, or you may want to see your name in lights, but what is the end goal uh, and what is the reward for that goal? What I've realized is a lot of people, uh, when they set goals, they don't know what the goal is for. Uh, you know, so somebody may say, well, I want a million dollars. Sure. Well, why, do you, why do you want a million dollars? Do you want to buy a Bugatti? Well, that million dollars is not enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you want to buy 10 cars? Do you want to buy a nice house? But what is the purpose of a nice house for your family? Do you want to buy an income producing property? Do you want to uh, live off of $30,000 a year on some island, uh, saving the turtles and carving canoes and the other, you know, the, the remainder of the money you put in long-term equity and bonds and you come back after 10 years and you spent $360,000 of it here but that other money has turned into $3 million and you had the best time of your life uh, for 10 years living on a beach. So a lot of times people don't know what their goals are. So first of all, know your why and what, why do you want to accomplish this? And then what is your plan of action to accomplish it? Will you put in one hour a day? Mm-hmm. Will you allocate a portion of the team to this? And what are the criteria of hitting the marks? You know, you can't go from New York to L.A., without putting together a plan. Are you going to get on a train to then go to the plane? Are you going to get on a bus? Are you going to hitchhike? You know, you know, how are you going to do it? Are you going to buy one ticket? Are you going to go with family members? So a lot of times people have a goal and they're like, generally I would love to do $10,000 of sales this, this month. Well, are you increasing your social media presence? Are you collaborating with other people? Are you putting in more time, more hours? What is the why and what is the method to getting that why done? And in the event you don't get it done, what's next? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, um, you have a good why, so you know what you're striving for. You put some good markers in place to keep you on track to get to your goal. I would love to know as a CEO who manages a team, 
well, lots of organizations and lots of teams and <laughs> investing in a lot of different people. What are some of the things as a high-level entrepreneur and investor that you look for? Like, what do you measure to know some a business is successful? Do you have certain metrics or numbers or is there a certain cadence with which you're reviewing certain kind of data points? From your perspective, what are you looking at to say, I, I've got good progress or not? Yeah, I'm looking at the scalability of it. I'm looking at, um, did we do it as cheap as possible, meaning the power broke because I made the mistakes myself that I threw a lot of money at things and never made it better. We call that spending into the curve. I look at, you know, are people excited about it or, or are people like, you know, running out of the door at six o'clock in the afternoon? Afternoon, you know, as soon as the bell rings, they're like Fred Flintstone, right? Up, hopping on their peace oh, out. dinosaur. Yeah. yeah, yeah, peace out. I'm looking at are people being challenged by it? I'm looking at are you uh, including a diversified thinking process from people in the company, whether it be color or age or gender or religion? You know, are we are we attacking it from all sides and hacking ourselves? And do you see not necessarily growth, uh, but do you see the ability to grow? You know. When I started my company, um, I just sold to eight stores in the local New York City area, but I made sure they were in Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, and various different areas. And I got to see the scalability because I started off with 10 colors of shirts, mm -hmm. and I realized 65% of sales in fashion are black, and then another 20% is white, and then mixed blue in between. So mm -hmm. now I went down to three shirts. Uh, I had 10 logos. I went down and only two were selling really well. I went down to two logos. And then that time, hip hop kids all wanted to wear double X. So even if a shirt was small, I would cut the small tag out of it and put double X in it. Uh, so, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know, no, no, no man at that time wanted to say I'm wearing a small shirt. Today it's great <laughs> to say that. You know it's what I mean? all about the skinny was, fit now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. At that time it was like, I am small. Um, so, so, um, but once I did all that, was there growth there? Yes, because what was happening is I was getting, I was cutting the fat. I was getting narrow and deep on my offering. My, my sales would now double and triple because the kids knew what they want. I knew what they want. And then was it, was it a growth in regards to a, a large sale? No, but I knew then immediately I can replicate that in Detroit. Miami, mm. Chicago, well, and so, Houston. Yeah, and it sounds like like you really honed in on understanding your customer base. Correct. Like, it sounds like you knew and paid attention to the what people were actually buying. Um, so that being, you know, that customer insight being really important to actually pivot and define your next decisions. Like like eliminating callers was because your customer wasn't buying it. So I think, right, paying attention to what the customer's telling you, you might think red's awesome, but if nobody's buying red <laughs> but you, then you got to pay attention to to those that layer of detail. Yeah, and that and that's how we try to look at the criteria of companies growing, you know, and what they're doing because there's only three ways to deal with the customer. Acquire a new one, upsell a current one, or make one buy more frequently. And acquiring a new one is 21 times harder than upselling a current one or making them buy more frequently. So as we go deeper and narrow on the customer, we consider that uh, the steps of growth and mm -hmm. the steps of progress and the vice versa happens. Mm -hmm. We come out with things and... Nobody wants it. And we yeah. try it again and nobody wants it. And we're not excited about it. We're banging our heads on the wall and we're realizing that we're taking away from what is really keeping the lights on. It's that kind of balancing act 
of what we have to do when you're trying to grow because you're going to be a real entrepreneur. You're going to take two steps forward and one step back. And uh, we have to look at that and say, is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Did we leave everything on the field? Are we doing it smart enough? You know what? There's nothing here, guys. Let's move on. to say that we're the most practical business podcast in the world. I know that's a pretty big title, right? <laughs> Self-proclaimed well, here. People need a how-to. Right. How-to. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, you know, there's so much good information here. Um, and I think that it really gives our entrepreneurs motivation to do a next step. So, if there was one thing that you could say, you know, I, I love how you talked about that they have to figure out what is selling, what is not. You're going to make two mistakes to every one thing that goes right. But if they're looking right now at maybe a ledger that's a piece of paper or a napkin that they've been writing down their sales, maybe they got a Google sheet and they're just like, okay, this is great information, Damon, but what is one thing I can do today that's actionable, that's tangible, that could propel my business for, to that next step? Is there any one thing you could tell them to do? The uh, only thing I could tell them to do uh, in this you know, and I heard Warren Buffett say this is to constantly educate themselves and what their competition is doing mm. and what, where the market is going, uh, what they haven't done already and where they need to be stronger. I mean, you know, Warren Buffett said the best. He said, you know, you're not going to be able to change what happens in the world, but the only thing that's going to be stuck with you for the rest of your life is you yourself oh, and powerful. your education. Right. And no matter where you go, you're there. And your education, your skill set, and your ability and your knowledge is going to be the thing that either going to help you avoid landmines or look for gold mines. So it, it purely is education. I mean, right now, if you're that person who is home and your retail operation is shut down, are you understanding how to you know, convert on, online and mm -hmm. build a social media presence? Mm -hmm. If you have to shut down your business, are you going to start over more wisely because you really didn't know how you were looking at your finance and you didn't have whether enough cash on hand or you didn't have enough profit margin or you were paying too much because you just weren't financially intelligent? How are you going to educate yourself in those areas? I mean, you know, it, it's always going to be only education. Yeah, I yeah. think like as leaders, right, your business will only grow as far as you grow as the owner or the CEO. Like if you mm -hmm. limit your growth and education, you're going to limit the organization's ability to grow. So we can become the cap or the lid on growth if we don't continue to insist in our own professional development. So I, I know we believe that at Belay, it sounds like you do too, Damon, that you know investing in ourselves is the best gift we can give our companies to make sure that we are wiser and smarter and better and more educated tomorrow than we are today. And you know, listen, I don't want people thinking that they are going to need to, you know, listen, running a business and it, it's hard, right? Uh, there's so many different categories. There is manufacturer, distribution, advertising, marketing, finance, you, you know, all kind of taxes, all kind of things. You can't educate yourself in everything. So if you are somebody running a business, one of the things you may need to educate yourself in is who can help me in this area? Right. How can I get somebody virtually to help me in this area or whatever the case is? Because I don't know. And 
I'm going to put out this fire right here and I'm going to then educate myself on who else I need because I need to educate myself on my weaknesses yes. so I can focus on my strengths and bring somebody else in. So I, I don't want people thinking they got to read, you know, a hundred books, you know, and be <laughs> the most brilliant person tomorrow. It's just educate yourself on what you need. I mean, if you're working out, don't you need to educate yourself on your nutrition and different ways to work out and, you know, your body mass index and things like that. You got to educate yourself no matter what. And have a mentor too. Obviously, that you spend a lot of time, I know, mentoring business leaders. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible to have somebody in your corner, so you don't have to read that big stack of books. They already read it. They're going to give you the and you know the crib version of it. The, you know. <laughs> I, I think you said something that I totally forgot, and that is the truth. It, life is a series of mentors. Period. Yeah. I am a product of a lifelong list of mentors. I still Mm -hmm. seek mentors. And sometimes, you know, in my company, there's reverse mentorship. You know, I'm Batman and everybody else is Robin, but most of the time I'm Robin and they're Batman because I shouldn't have hired them if they weren't smarter than me. And sometimes their mentors are the 18-year-old digital natives that are communicating on the TikToks of the world and the Twitches of the world. And I remember somebody said to me, about six months ago, they said, why are you studying TikTok? Now, I don't, I haven't found my DNA on TikTok and with this craziness, I've been a little busy, I'm but I said, be because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know what I said to them? I said, why? Because the 15 year old kid on TikTok who's on there today is going to be your consumer in 10 years. Yeah. Oh, um, right. And, you know, you need to think about that. We're, we're in this thing for the long haul and you need to, you know, basically go back to mentorship and who's going to mentor you the best on TikTok? Probably. Your daughter. My 16-year-old daughter is <laughs> taking me yeah. to TikTok school every day. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And yeah. then still, let's not forget that let's not forget the people who've been um, you know, around for many years and they're seniors. They are very, very smart. They've forgotten more than you've learned, or the veterans who who, yeah. who uh, have completed tasks in the most crazy circumstances and did it within a system and there was no no. Uh, so there's so many ways that you can be mentored. And if you don't have those people around you, Ben. Get a digital curriculum, pick up a book, you know, uh, you know, find that way to get that. We're going back to education, but mentors are really, really important. They're the number one reason for success. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you got Damon on demand. So it's like we can have you all the time as our mentor. Absolutely. We have Damon <laughs> on demand. But again, you know, listen, what I find is why, why do I listen to a lot of audio books is because all of these books were written and or by different people that may not know each other. Everybody from Gary Vee to Napoleon Hill to Tony Robbins, whatever. But if I see the same things throughout all these books, what is a big conspiracy? No, I mean, they, they're all they're telling to something. you these ways. To, yeah. yeah, they're onto something, yeah. you know? So why don't you listen, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I great. love that. So, you know, surrounding yourself with the right variety and diversity of people, up, down, sideways, so important to success. So one of the things that we're excited to celebrate as we launch this brand new podcast is that we are actually going to be giving away some copies of your newest book, Power Shift, to some of our listeners who subscribe to yeah. our podcast. So would you? Yeah. I know. Yes. Come on, subscribe. <laughs> you can win a book. Um, Damon, will you tell us a little bit a kind of about the book, why people need to read this book, and how this book's going to change their lives? Yeah, so, you know, I, I've written, um, this is my fifth book, and, I, and this is my third in five years, and I'm dyslexic, and it's very challenging to write mm-hmm. books when you are dyslexic, uh, because I have to go over it so many times. So, I don't write books just to write them, and, you know, I, I'm on CNBC, the Shark Tank plays 60 times a week on CNBC, so I'm ba- basically, we're the Kardashians of CNBC, so it's not that I need to try to get my name or face out there, but what I found is that 
whenever people come up to me and they want some kind of help or advice, I tell them to read either my book or various other books, Tim Ferriss's or whatever the case is. And I started to notice that several people said, I've read all your books, uh, you know, The Power Broke, How You Don't Need Money to Make Money, mm -hmm. Rise and Grind, How to Maximize Your 24 Hours, uh, The Brand Within. But they said, but, you know, my, 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 my significant other or my parents or my, my boss or my friends, they won't give me the power to do that. Nobody will give me the power. And I kept mm. saying to myself, who the hell thinks that it's up to somebody else to give you power? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to come to your house. I'm not going to come and take you off the couch and make you powerful. Now, I will come to, to your house and take you off the couch if you are going to help me be powerful. And we're both going to collectively share in that right. power. But I said, I need to write a book to show people the, you know, what they need to do. And it all comes down to negotiation. You know, life is what you negotiate. It's not what you accept. It's what you negotiate. Mm -hmm. The only thing that separates us from the animal is our ability to communicate. And in communicating, we negotiate, right? We negotiate yeah. with our significant other who's getting into the bathroom before each other <laughs> or who is the remote control or telling my daughter, be quiet, why I'm doing this interview. We're always negotiating all day. Yeah. But people... People got spoiled with Shark Tank. They believe that negotiation is in eight minutes, they come in and say, hi, sharks, I'm so forth. And in eight minutes after that, they either got a deal or they don't. And that's as simple as negotiation is. And it's not. Because even though negotiations on Shark Tank can be up to two hours long, you only see eight minutes of it. Right. I had to break it down. And I wanted to show people there's three steps to negotiating in life. Number one is building influence. You have to have an influence and I'll get to how that happens. Number two, in the negotiation, it's not what's in it for you. It's what's in it for the person on the other side of the table. And number three is because no, uh, no negotiation almost never happens the first time. That's the first date. Number three is how do you nurture that relationship after the negotiation is over? So you do 10 more deals after that, or that person tells 10 more people why they should do deals with you. Somebody said to me, well, how can I how can I build influence? I met you in the elevator. I never knew that I was going to see you. 90, 90 seconds. I'm in the elevator with you. I said, well, here's how you do it. Hey, Mr. John, uh, you know, I, whatever, I, I think there's some value that I can add to you. You know, this is what I do. And, um, you know, uh, you could probably check into me, whatever you want. Here's a card or whatever the case is. And you can give me a shot. And if you want to, I can add value to you here. And if there's something else for us to do in the future, then hopefully something will come out of that. And I don't want to waste your time. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. see you down the road. I'm fascinated if you tell me what you do, obviously, in that little bit of time. So that happened to me with a woman one day. I was in the elevator. And I got out of the elevator. And you know where her influence was? I did it naturally what everybody does. When I got out of the elevator, I looked her up right here. Yeah, right? yeah. She didn't have time to build influence in the elevator. The little bit of influence she built was she was fascinating. She had a good business. And she said, I want to work with you and make your life better. So naturally, okay, sure. I want to give you a shot. Yeah, I want to When I looked life. her up here, yeah, I looked <laughs> her up here on social media. Uh, you know, she looked great. But she kept taking a picture with this guy. And I kept looking at who's this guy. And this guy always had on a Confederate flag T-shirt or Confederate flag hat. Oh. And then I looked further into it. And that's her husband. Well, I guess she thinks the same way. Huh? It's up to them how they think. But she'll never know why I never called her. Mm. Right. Because I was interested in calling her, but that was the influence that she was building. Right? Good or bad. So, uh, good or bad. Yeah. Now, yeah. I have seen people where I go on, and you know what? They're always upbeat. They're always talking positivity. You know what? They know that I'm on the Petco Foundation board for saving our little furry friends, and I see that they like to save our little furry friends, too. They can't fight for themselves. Yeah. They are 
we believe in the same thing. They're teachers or whatever the case is. And even during a hard time, they're upbeat. And you know what? I want those people around me because I want them to always be able to uplift the team as well. Yeah. Right. They built a different influence and I want to know more about them. And I, and I think they're so amazing that I don't want them to work with anybody else because we're going <laughs> to do some amazing stuff together. Yes. Yeah. That's just how, that's how it happens. So that, you know, th- that's what we share in power shift. And I put in there, I think 12 subjects from around the world and of various different areas. I put in there, I interviewed uh, Billie Jean King, who, ch- who changed the face mm-hmm. of sports. Lindsay Vaughn, who is the most uh, winningest skier in the world. And for four years, she practices to win over a millisecond am- am- amongst the greatest skiers in the entire world. I put in there Pitbull, Mr. 305, Mark Cuban, Chris Jenner, who takes mm-hmm. three girls that nobody knows and makes them now six girls or 10 girls. I don't know how many girls yeah. it is, but they're all a massive, massive business. But then I also put in there Crystal, who is uh, our virtual assistant from Belay, who Yay. understood that she needed to power shift at a certain time in her life. And she was prepared for this situation we're in now because of the homework that she did out of what she yeah. felt was a necessity during a time when she was going through a challenge in her life. And I showed the same common denominator with all those people that people right now, when they read the book, they can take home from themselves and start putting real steps mm-hmm. forward on what they need to do to uh, make that power shift during these crazy times. Well, Damon, I have loved all of your books. I've read them all. And really? I really Thank do you. think that, yes, yes, I do. Um, and I really think that you live up to your name, The People's Shark, because you're so relatable. You have a, a wonderful, beautiful story. You have a beautiful family. I love following you on, on social media. Minka, mm-hmm. she, she is it. <laughs> <laughs> she is it. <laughs> uh, I you. love the little tie she made for you for Father's Day. But so thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I wanted to see you wearing it today, but no. Your influence and just your love of wanting to help people and entrepreneurs um, is so inspirational. So I know you are super busy. I appreciate you spending time and being with us on our podcast today. So thank you for sharing and imparting wisdom. Thank you so much. And congratulations on everything. And thank you for educating people. So thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. What a great conversation with Trisha, Lisa, and Damon. His business insights truly are invaluable. If you love today's episode, we have good news. We have one next step for you to take. Today's next step is simple. Subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, leave us a review. Reviews make it easier for people to find our podcast, and we always enjoy reading your feedback and comments. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for this week's One Next Step. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And if you're ready to start accomplishing more and juggling less, go to belaysolutions.com. Join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you advance your business one step at a time. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com. Yeah.